This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me and she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonish Michael Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. The trick that I think people miss a lot on is how he slows the game down through his tackling, through being an octopus and Donegal getting back in and defending and having a structure. You have, a, a let's say, a Mickford Spiemans even doing a job on Flynn and he picks up an injury. Who do we have to, to change around? Is it a tactical change or is there some coming in that can do that? And that, that's a big concern for me as well. Hello and welcome to this week's Throw-In Podcast with Philly McMahon. Finally, it feels like the football championship is taken off with all four provincial finals on this weekend. Now to go through where the games will be won and lost and what it could mean for the main contenders. We're also joined by the Irish independents, Conor McKeown. Philly, it's Dublin against Kildare, Galway against Roscommon, Kerry versus Limerick. But let's start with Derry against Donegal in the Ulster final in Clonus on Sunday. Tyrone beaten, Monaghan beaten. Are Derry simply the story of the championship so far? I think there's a great energy around Derry um, being the massive underdogs and what they've achieved by taking two big massive scalps in, in Tyrone and, and Monaghan. And um, because they've got that precedence of doing that and achieving that, that, that might give them the, the confidence to go and do it against Donegal. On the other hand, Donegal, um, this is their chance to kick on. Um, they've kind of been stop-start over the last couple of seasons uh, under Declan Bonner. And this could be the the opportunity for them to to uh, to grab an Ulster an Ulster championship, but also then kind of a good momentum lift going into the the uh, All Ireland series. So uh, I'm really excited for that for, for the Ulster championship um, final. And um, the other ones don't really excite me. Well, Connacht is is not too bad. Leinster is a little bit better than previous years, um, and Munster I think is is. Um, there's going to be obviously an outright winner there in Kerry against Limerick. So uh, the, the one that I think will excite me most out of all of those is the Ulster final. Yeah. Uh, Connor, Philly mentioned energy there, and that really is so embodied in Rory Gallagher. I mean, I wonder how long it takes him to recover from a game afterwards, considering how much energy he seems to use. He really is different gravy, but it's not just his energy. Does he take micromanagement to a whole new level or has he done so in this championship? I always wondered, I think we spoke before about this, that to what extent managers can actually influence what's happening on the pitch on match day. You know, you can see that he is almost like a somebody moving the pieces of a chessboard around, particularly when he's organising his defence. Um, but it just goes to show you like how detailed his game plan is. Um, and he has, he has the players very well drilled in it. They're a very interesting team. Um, I covered their last two games. And, and the first thing you think is how deep they sit when the opposition have the ball. But it's actually... How they, they have so much pace, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if they get to Crow Park 
because um, Crow Park is the pitch where the pace is highlighted the most. Um, and they can they can move the ball. And it's not just whoever turns the ball over will sprint towards the goal, like a Ryan McHugh in Donegal. They, you know, they'll, they'll actually get three people ahead of the ball to form a proper full forward line. And it means that it stretches the opposition completely. So, I mean, they can score goals. They opened up Monaghan the last day for a lot of goal scoring opportunities. They absolutely got wiped off both kickouts. Like if you had shown Rory Gallagher the kickout stats um, before the game, uh, there's no there's no amount of money he would have put on on Derry winning that game because they went after Began. They didn't sit off. They pressed up, and I think Began got eighty something percent of his kicks, and Monaghan got at least sixty percent of the Derry kickout. So, off that level of possession, um, and bear in mind that Monaghan kind of came back into it at a stage when Derry were kind of minding their lead. You know, I still think if Mon- if, the, if the first half had kept going, that Derry would have gone further and further ahead. So, like, yeah, they're a really interesting team, and a lot of that comes back to Rory Gallagher because you, you know, you just know from speaking to players as we did on the pitch afterwards. Um, you know, they're very quick to credit their manager, and it's not just with the team being so sort of tactically aware. It's got to do with how he has built this kind of sense of identity about the team that they have evolved body in. Um, in a county where you know traditionally there have been kind of fractures along club lines and that sort of stuff, it's very much um, a united county and a united county team, and they've made enormous progress in a very short period of time. Yeah, Philly, you wrote about it in your column uh, last weekend. You've come up against Rory Gallagher. Is he a guy you would have loved to have played for? Uh, a guy I would have loved to mark, put it that way. <laughs> would I like to play for him? I don't know. I don't know. Instinct says no, but, but, but then again, he's probably one of those guys that once you get in the change room, you don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not, I, I think I'm probably judging him wrongly based off who he was as a player, not a manager. So, um, as a player, he's typical annoying forward. <laughs> that was probably one of the, the reasons why he done uh, he, he done quite well as a club player as well in, in Dublin. I think he, he stuck out uh, as a decent player at club level and in for St. Bridges at the time. Um in considering you would have had the the, the fellow that would have marked him off our team was Paddy Christie, one of our one of our best defenders at that time. And um so that's how much of a threat he was. But yeah, I think I'm judging him unfairly as a manager if I'm if I'm judging him off him as a player. Um I I just don't know. I think it's coming from my value set of or, or my uh, perception of uh, the way Dublin is set up in terms of managers and there's not many managers that flow from a couple of different counties and yeah, I probably stuck in my ways and uh, probably have a blind spot around that rather than actually you know, but, but yeah, so I've obviously have loads of different club managers so I shouldn't be thinking that way he's doing something really He's bringing the standards up. He's bringing in, he's bringing the level of maybe professionalism that professionalism that Derry players didn't see or weren't exposed to. Uh, where did he get that from? Did he get it from Tony Gall? Did he learn from Tony Gall and from Anna? Um, he two goals at it, and this is his third goal. So uh, I think it's clicked at the right time. I think you know when you be too big. Big, uh, big teams in Monaghan and Donegal, you get a much bigger buy-in from the players in terms of what you're trying to get them to buy, you know, go after, whether it's tactically or technically or whatever it may be. So he's clicking at the right time also, you know, because uh, I do think if, and and I think Donegal are slight favourites for me, but I still think if 
Derry beat Donegal. Yeah. And they get a they get a they get um a decent game in the quarters and who knows? Like I do I think they'd be all in champions? I don't think so. But I do think if they beat Donegal this week, um, you know, it could be uh, it could be it could be an amazing story for for Derry this season. Absolutely. Just a word on Michael Murphy, obviously, Philly. I mean, this is his 10th Ulster final in 12 years. What was Dublin's plan to stop him or to contain him? And where would Derry not want him positioned on Sunday? I don't think his 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 job has changed massively over the years. It's one of those things where you put him inside, they put him inside, um, he causes a bit of havoc, long ball goes in, generally doesn't, I, I would say long balls into target men. You don't get them. You don't get the return you think you do. Um, when you're when when you think about if you get the ball in, you work it in, you get a score. Compared to the percentages of kicking a high ball in, losing the ball, and then and then the opposition countering you because you're out of shape or you're vulnerable. Um, but Murphy does it really well because not only is he a good footballer, he's physically big and strong. Uh, when 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 I marked him. Um, my job was just to do enough to battle with him to to challenge him in the air so that wherever I broke the ball to, another man came in um, to support to, to support the breaking ball. Um, I also I was very lucky to have Stephen Cluxon behind me at that time as well, which was he was very confident in coming out and clearing balls. And whether if it meant clearing you as a as a as a way to to achieve that, he would have done it. But you had that confidence. That's not to say I wouldn't have had the confidence. I don't have the confidence with Evan to do that. But I'm just saying when I was marking him, that's what what we had. Um, I will see. Like so, he, if he doesn't get a lot, an awful lot of ball, then he, he'll start to drift out around the middle. They might look at the old trick of banging long down the middle to the centre forward position where he runs out to, to get a high ball to maybe flick on to be cute and off him. Um, so the, it hasn't changed massively. He still is the. The leader, I still think he's the. You take him out, you take a huge amount of that energy out, out of Donegal. Um, he's one of the most sloppiest tacklers I've ever come up sloppiest. against. Sloppiest. Oh, he's like an octopus. Over the years, I've 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 said to myself, he has to be intentionally doing that. Like, watch him. He'll probably do it about four or five times to get away with it. And he just put his hands up. He's very smart. He'll tackle with both hands, and he'll be hitting your digs in the ribs, and. Um, he completely slows the game down for Donegal to get back into shape. So he's, that's, you know, that might come across as something negative, but I think that's brilliant. I think that's smart. I think it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's not good when you're getting digs in the ribs, but it's brilliant because he's doing his job defensively for the, for the, uh, for the, the defensive structure to get in place. Um, so for me, he's a huge part and everybody will say it. He's a huge part um, of this Donegal performance when he's playing well, when he's hitting his long rangers, when he's getting a, he only needs to get one, maybe two balls in high. And then um, the, the trick that I think people miss a lot on is how he slows the game down through his tackling, through being an octopus and Tony Gall getting back in and defending and having a structure. Connor. Like Philly mentioned Stephen Clooks there, when we think about influential footballers, whatever, but the best footballers. You know, you could obviously make a case that Stephen Cluxon is the most influential footballer there has ever been because of not only how he influenced his own county, but how he influenced his entire sport. But I'd make the I'd make the argument that Michael Murphy has been as influential to Donegal since he started playing as an 18-year-old as any player has ever been to their own county because he has led the team uh, in all sorts of areas. Like 
you know, the idea of him being the big full forward scores the goals, yeah, he can do that. But, you know, at a time when those full forwards weren't getting the same opportunities because of how teams defended, he got out into midfield and influenced the game in a huge way around there. And I think he's one of those players without knowing what goes on in the Donegal dress room that when he's there, he kind of drives up standards just by being there. And you, you really do get that sense of things. And uh, for me, I think, you know, like Donegal have won all, won all Ireland while he was there. But to be a captain for nine Ulster finals is extraordinary. I think he's a phenomenon. I think he's going to meet a good, he's a good matchup in the cake. You know, I, I do. I think Chrissy McCaig is going to be a perfect match for him. Um he is also a uh, very similar traits in, in that he's a massive leader for Derry. He's big, he's physical. Um, he can play football as well. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to... Uh, he's the man I put on him. He's mm. definitely the man I put on him. Um, I don't know what you think, Connor. Yeah, I don't know. Brendan Rodgers has played kind of a, has played a holding kind of fullback role and he was very good in the last two games, but he's not going to go anywhere else. So unless Murphy stands at the edge of the square, um, I don't think it'll be Rogers that goes with Murphy. So yeah, like McKay took, um, he took uh, Jack McCarron in the last game. So you'd imagine then he'd be more of a similar matchup for, for um, Paddy McBurty, just if McBurty stays inside, because the one thing that Derry won't do is they won't break their shape so that somebody will follow Murphy around and they'll leave the gap anywhere. You know, that will, that will be kind of set in stone. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, why I'm saying McCaig. Yeah, McCaig is the one because, you know, if you bring McCaig out around the middle of the pitch, well, he can play football as well. He can actually get on the ball and hurt you there too. So, yeah, it's probably a good shout, yeah. So, Dublin against Kildare and the Leinster final on Saturday evening on the same time as Leinster's Heineken Cup final. I mean, the scheduling here, here is just mad. Philly, could we be looking back and saying Dublin getting relegated was the best thing to happen to them um, this year? Now, we know the opposition they face so far, but because of how they've played so far in the championship, or is that still too early a notion to entertain? Uh, it's yeah, it's a good question. I, I'm not too sure about it to be honest. I think uh, I was thinking about what would Dublin's biggest challenge be this year, and I think the one that stuck out for me is right now. Sorry, in the first two games and going forward, can they play to the levels that they've set the bar to themselves? Which they've they've done that in both games. A little bit of a wobble in the second half against Mead, but I still think they were very good. And I keep going back to the word rootless, which basically means you don't you don't um, focus on your opposition, whoever the opposition is. Regardless of that, you focus on yourselves and what you have set out to do um, in terms of your targets and standards. So so that was that was one kind of box ticked for me. The other one was have they have they used uh, the pain and suffering as a motivator to kick on in the championship. I've seen that, but again, the, I think that won't be answered until they get, they constantly keep playing uh, and playing better opposition and they will be facing that this weekend. So that could be possibly answered this weekend. Uh, and in particular, because they got beaten by Kildare. Um, I, I, I think the question around Kildare, has Kildare missed an opportunity of not playing Dublin and Crow Park in the league? Because that would be a bigger scar. Because now Dublin have in their psyche that, now we have you on an open pitch here. Whereas if, if Kildare bet them on an open pitch, a bigger pitch in terms of from Newbridge to Crow Park, um, that you wouldn't have that bit of a, a buzz to kind of go, we're going to get you now on a bigger pitch. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Kildare could think that as well. You know, we are going to open up uh, in Crow Park. I didn't really see them open up that well against Westmead. Um, so the question mark will be hanging over 
was that a good move to play that game in Newbridge um, if you wanted to win a Leinster final? That answer that will be answered on on Saturday. The last thing I have around the biggest threats to Dublin is yes, there is teams that have uh, that would be big threats to Dublin, but individual uh, sorry uh, within within the Dublin setup is um, the du- du- injury. Injuries is going to be crucial for Dublin this year. You have already those players out injured. Uh, Robbie McDaid, Davy Bourne, uh, Sean McMahon. Uh, I think that's the... Uh, is anybody else? There's another guy from Ballymun Kickham's there. Collins out injured, but they'll all probably come back at a certain stage of the year, which will be important. Uh, however, you also have players around that, that, that back six that are unfortunately injury prone that every year they pick up one or two injuries, uh, you know, little like hamstrings and stuff like that. So, you know, I've always said throughout the years, you, you get your, your injuries hopefully over and done with at the start of the year and you're ready to go then, you know, towards the championship end of the season. So I worry about that. I think when you have a, let's say, a Mick Fitzsimons even doing a job on uh, Flynn and he picks up an injury, who do we have to, to change around? Is it a tactical change or is there a sub coming in that can do that? And that, that's a big concern for me as well. So it was 112 to 12 points in Kildare or in Newbridge in that league game, Connor. We know Kildare have the forwards to run with Dublin on this one. Jimmy Highland, Daniel Flame, Ben McCormick. But like, do they have the defence to live with Dublin? Yeah, it's a fair question. But I, like, I think this whole game comes down to, unfortunately, you know, for everyone else is like, you know, the questions are all really about Dublin because... Dublin are so good that if, if they're right, if they are right again, which they showed uh, clear signs that they're getting towards it in the first two games, well then Kildare won't be able to just Kildare won't be able to live with them. Now I think it's important for Kildare's development um, that regardless what happens, they don't allow the game to go away from them on Sunday, a bit like me did. Um, because like there's no going back from that. And and I think, you know, the project that's going on there with Glenn Ryan, you know, it's I think it's an important one at this this time because you know, if you've ever been to a game in Newbridge, there's a really, really strong uh, local support, uh, and they crave success. And for some, and they, they have had an awful lot of seasons where, t- where, you know, they take a step forward and then they take a couple of steps back, and then a new manager comes in, and he starts again. And having such a very iconic homegrown management team, I think, is the perfect thing for Kildare at this time, without knowing anything whatsoever about Glenn Ryan's abilities as a manager or otherwise. But you have very smart people in there, and Anthony Rainbow and Johnny Doyle and Dermot Early as well. So Charlie McGreevy. Go- Charlie McGreevy as well. So they're going, I think, in the right direction. And part of that, I think, unfortunately, one of the little step step backs they're going to have to take is that they're a little bit too early in their development to think about taking out a full-strength Dublin in the Leinster final this year. But by the same token, they have to make sure that on Monday morning, if they don't win the game, they're able to get up again and they're able to kind of kick on and move on to the thing. Because like, if you look at Dublin the last day, I know me were very poor, but like 117 or 116 from 18 shots on goal was phenomenal football. Like, you know, in comparison to how Dublin played against teams of comparable level last year, like it was night and day, the ball was going to hand every single time. There are guys moving, just talking about the, the, the injury prone backs, the James McCarthy, like he glided across the pitch again. Whereas last year, all his movements seemed to be a small bit more laboured. Conal Callum is another fellow who played injured last year. He looks like back to his best again. And what was interesting for me was that um, the first three subs that, dubbed, that Desi Farrell brought on the last day were Johnny Cooper, Niall Scully and Paddy Small. Now, they're three starters, really. 
Um, and I just wonder if they're holding them back. Like Lorcan O'Dell played very well the last day, but you could definitely mount an argument that Paddy Small or Niles Scully is a better starter than Lorcan O'Dell. You could definitely make the case that Johnny Cooper is a better starter than Lee Gannon. But I just wonder, is Desi Farrell very conscious of the fact that when they get to the biggest games, that Dublin aren't going to be at the gap with 10, 15 minutes left to go. And that's the situation where you have to have very smart ball players on the pitch. Because to be able to bring on Cooper and Scully, who handles the ball so well, and Paddy Small, who's so good in one-on-one situations with defenders, that's a massive asset. Um, so, yeah, no, I think Dublin are, in, in terms of that, like we obviously don't know the extent to which fellas have injuries and niggles in the background. And as Philly says, that could derail the whole thing. But they just, whereas last year they seemed to be kind of, being a bit of a patchwork job going from week to week now they look like they're very much kind of on plan um, and I think that means they're probably a little bit closer to where they were two years ago as opposed to last year Oh that's a warning for everybody else Connor. what do you think of that Philly? Great. I agree with everything I agree with everything you said in, in that um, you know I, I, I think it's very hard to like when you look at the full forwards that we have that Dublin have at the minute, and um, that started the last day, you have Cormac and Dean, and you have Con, and you've got such an unbelievable. Like I know this fella from playing the club, and I know how good he is. If a player like Paddy Small, who's not starting in that team, either he's he's being minded in terms of maybe an injury picked up, or it's just so competitive in the full forward line, um. And then you have that in the half-forward line. I think Adele has brought uh, has been uh, a bit of fresh air as well in terms of new new, new uh, blood. Loved the way he could get out of tight pockets. Loved the way he'd done it simple. And then he could stick a score as well. Um, so I think he's the one that was keeping out Scully the last day. Um, so that's increased the competition. Bugler is, 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 is getting better with each game. He I think he scored four points against Kildare the last time in Newbridge. Um, he was one of the standout players for me in Newbridge so I think he's grown Kilkenny is, is grown as well in terms of games and uh, it's great to see Tom Lehiff you know uh, stepping up as well like in terms of the quality he has and more so it being this is Brian Fenton's team uh, you know his partner in midfield he's stepping up getting a few scores and he's putting his own um, I suppose stamp on his, you know, his authority on that jersey in terms of being a midfielder. It's the defence that I think is something that will need um, need a bit more strategic planning around in that. If, yeah, you could bring, I think Johnny will eventually be a starter because he's so important and he's such a leader in the group. Um, but when you get to the stage where you have, you have Johnny on the pitch then, um, you don't have that, that bed is not strong. I thought about the back six. So maybe tactically you have to remove a couple of things there. Um, whereas, it, is it, you know, I think James playing a wing back instead of midfield is, is definitely where I like to see him. As Connor said, him gliding up that right side of the, of the pitch and having those little callers in, uh, which he had two the last day. So, yeah, look, I, 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 I do think Dublin... Um, there's a couple of things that could possibly happen. One is they could blitz Kildare. The other is um, there could be uh, a stage where Kildare might get a purple patch by getting the ball in fast into Flynn and Flynn causing us hassle. Um, 
And also then, because I think we have good matchups for the full back line. I think Flynn probably be picked up by Fitzsimons. I think Morton will probably pick up. Um, who will Morton pick up? Highland. And I'm not sure if they'll go. I don't know if Kerwin is, is, is in the mix a bit there, but he's definitely someone that has to be watched. So he might be picked up by, by Lee Gannon. Um, so yeah, so I do think it's 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 going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a tighter lens of form than it has ever been. Um, but they're the two ways to see it going. Just, just, there's just one thing about the about the the sort of mentality of it, and that's really important for Kildare. Like historically against Dublin and Leinster finals, where Kildare have gone wrong, um, is that the, when Dublin have had the purple patch, Kildare haven't been able to stop it. They haven't been able to limit it. Okay, Dublin have got a goal here. Let's not let it become one five, and the game is over in six or seven minutes. That's an area that Kildare have really struggled with with their game management or you know whatever you want to call it, just being able to limit Dublin's period of dominance so that they don't concede something ridiculous on the scoreboard. Okay, you can see the goal and the point, but don't let it become two, three all of a sudden and the match is over. So you know, there's no doubt that Dublin are going to have periods like that. Ideally for Kildare, it won't come at the very start, and ideally they'll be able to manage it in such a way that they'll break Dublin's flow, they'll get a score themselves, or they'll be able to kill the game. Because like physically and athletically, like that, they have everything that Dublin have. You know, they'll be able to go with them. And I, I do think that they'll have a different mentality this year, having beaten Dublin in the in the league, because whatever way you want to look at it, the aura around Dublin has been burst by what happened last year. So like I think Kildare are, are a couple of steps up the ladder from where they would have been in previous years. But key to for me, like the key to it all is when Dublin start coming hard, when they come with that big power play to make sure that I can see the goal doesn't become two, three or two, four very quickly because it's kind of the curtains then if, if, if that happens. Lads, I know what you're saying there. You're saying there could be tight, but I mean, could we see a scenario by the end of this weekend that uh, Leinster or Heineken Cup champions, Liverpool win the Champions League, and also that Dublin could be back favourites to win the All-Ireland again? I mean, that's really putting up the frighteners on everybody else. I don't know anything about Leinster winning the Heineken Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Once Liverpool don't win, I'm happy I'm an Everton fan. But Dublin, Um, All-Ireland contender, you know, back favourites. Could we see that? Well, the thing about it is, like like, like the the media is going to say, but the two performances so far this year, while you, you can't judge anything from them, um, they're still the sort of performances they didn't produce last year. So like that's definitely one sign that they're going back in the right direction. Um, but I think unlike the seasons when Dublin were kind of out in front favourites, all the All-Ireland contenders this year are flawed. You know, the three or four All-Ireland contenders all have their issues, all have their flaws. So I don't think, I don't think anybody can say with any great... Um, any great certainty which of them are going to win the All-Ireland, which you might have said in previous years when you were talking about Dublin. But I think at this stage, it's probably um, uh, Dublin are definitely among them. It's probably the, the, the safest thing to say. Yeah, and of course, now uh, before that game is the women's Leinster football final between Dublin and Meath. And if you want to know what a Dublin and Meath rivalry is like these days in Gaelic football, then this is the game for you. So it's Galway against Roscommon in the Connacht football final um, in Salt Hill on Sunday, Connor, I feel this is one of these games where a lot of people are saying Roscommon are coming in under the radar. Nobody's talking about them. Yet a lot of people are tipping Roscommon to win on Sunday. Yeah, well, it's like it's a symptom of the bizarre relationship that we have in the GA between league and championship. That, um, like, it's only last month that Roscommon beat Galway in the league final by a point, and the week before they beaten them in a league game. Albeit the Galway team was um, heavily changed because they had. Um, they had already qualified for the Division 2 final. So like, I can't think of another sport where a team beats another team twice in the space of a week and then they meet in the championship the following month. 
and the odds are completely tipped on its head. Because we go back to that game, like the league final, um, I think Galway scored five or six points in a, in a period towards the very end of the game. And they went from five points down to one point up. And like the trend of matches in that situation is, you know, the, the favourites have taken the control of the match and they're going to go and see it out. Uh, and then Dermot Murta came on and scored one of those goals that would make any defensive coordinator have nightmares. Like he just kind of, like he kind of sashayed across the 21 all, all along the D. There was about three players who should have laid hands on him. Nobody got any kind of a tackle and he went inside and got a goal. Um, now I covered that game and Parik Joyce was a little bit like, you could see that it slightly annoyed him, but he didn't really care too much because like Galway were playing Mayo in a couple of weeks and Galway's entire season was going to be built around that. Um, but like Roscommon, like a really interesting team because, you know, if you were to put together the number of forwards who can hurt you on any team in the country, like Roscommon have seven or eight forwards who can hurt you. Like they have a lot of variety in attack. They have a lot of really good um, scorers, basically. You know, like the question has always been about how they have minded things at the back, how they have kind of built the platform for those scorers to go and kind of express that. Like a couple of years ago, the, some of the kicking from Connor Cox when he came up from Kerry was absolutely off the charts. And like Donny Smith, and Kieran Morton, Dermot Morton, they can all hurt you. Keen McKeown as well, I think, got three points in that game as well. So, but they're probably coming up against a team that have something similar themselves, you know. Um, and, you know, on the days when Damien Comer and, um, and Shane Walsh are in form, um, you know, it's hard to think of a better kind of strike pairing around. And like Paul Conroy in, in goal, I think Paul Conroy, did he score five points in that? Division two final as well for midfield as well. So like the so the two teams have have very serious um scoring options. And what's interesting to me is both of them have kind of tried. Um, like Stephen Poacher came into Roscommon a couple of years ago, and I think it didn't quite work. It didn't really knit with Anthony Cunningham. Um, and I know that Kevin Walsh tried the same thing when he was bringing in defensive coaches to Galway. So you know whatever it is, like traditions tend to die hard in GAA, and and these two teams with the type of players that they produce naturally I think you know the kind of football that we'll see at the weekend is is the football that comes most naturally to them it's hard for them to kind of break out of that um but like there's going to be seven or eight forwards on show that are going to be worth watching you know um and that's a very long-winded way of saying that we'll probably win it (laughs) who needs um this provincial title more Philly I mean we saw the way Pork Joyce celebrated after they beat Mayo, Galway have lost the last three Connacht finals in a row and Joyce was there for the last two. Ross Common beat them in Salt Hill in 2019. Does Galway and Porrick Joyce just need this provincial title more than Ross Common? Yes, I do. I think so. For, for Joyce's point, from Joyce's point of view, I think he does. Um, he needs to bring a bit of silverware in, I think, um, to get over the line and then to be kind of in that other group of competing for all Ireland. Um, I think Ross Common will feel a lot more pressure, less pressured going in, having won the league against them. Um, and I've always felt when I've played against Ross Common, when let's say I was sitting on the bench looking in, that when they've played uh, teams that were probably uh, they were the underdogs against that I would have sat on the bench looked in and, and at times in that play said if they were confident enough to move that ball a bit quicker or uh, take their chances inside that they they possibly would have won those games against us um, but I don't think they do that against Galway 
I think they have a confidence against Galway to go out and play. There's no real, like, when they play maybe Dublin or Kerry or whatever, there might be a different kind of feeling around that or energy around that. But I feel when us come and play Galway, that, that they, they flow. There's, and it's the same. It's like them three teams when they play each other, Galway, Mayo and, and, and us coming. There's very little in it because it's just like, this is just it. Go, go out and play. Like, and it's very similar to Ulster football. There's so many teams that will just go out and play and won't have that kind of, I suppose, um, fear of playing football because they're playing a team that they see perceived to be better than them. Um, and I also think that it's so evenly matched. They've got both. I always say, if you're going to compete for a, a province or you're going to compete for a, an All-Ireland, you must have three forwards on the game. I mean, I mean, the kind of kicking, kicking scores for fun. Do both of those teams have it? I think they do. Like, obviously, they have Walsh, they have Comer, they have Conroy now, who's been brilliant last year, and, he, and he's, he's informed this year. As, as Conor mentioned, I think he scored six, five, and played the last game. So they've got the three that are kicking the lights out, right? Because if you focus on one of their players, then you actually will kick, kick, you know, kick a few scores. Um, and we know the, 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 the threat that Walsh and Comer uh, bring inside, right? Do Ross Common have it? They do. They have it in Smith. They have it in the two Smiths. They have it in the two Mortis, right? Um, and yeah, you can say Mikhail as well. But for me, um, Mikhail, I, I think, I think this is going to be. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be as intense as the Northern final, but I do think this is kind of for, again. If you're going to say pick which ones are going to be the most intense, Ulster, Connacht, and then you're going to go Leinster, Munster. They were beaten by Galway in the championship last year, Connor. But in some ways, do Galway bring out the best in Roscommon because of the way they allow them to play almost? Yeah, but I think there's a, like, like Philly said, I think there's a familiarity about that. That, like, even if Galway were all Ireland champions and Roscommon were at the bottom of Division Four, when you play a team every year, it kind of it deconstructs the kind of fear around playing them a lot of the time. Um, you know, it is a huge thing. And, you know, they played twice early on in the league this year. Um, like Anthony Cunningham's from Galway. They literally, like, they couldn't be any sort of you know, more intertwined as teams. Um, but, like, look, the thing about it is, it, like, it, it is a very shorthand way of looking at it, you know, saying that they play open football and they'll leave gaps to the back. Both of those teams are very athletic, you know. They'll funnel men back. They'll make sure that there's not a huge amount of space. Like, for all the kind of Roscommon forwards um, are very talented at finishing. For all the Galway forwards, you know, like Shane Walsh carries the ball really well. Um you know, there's very little ball that's kicked in long into inside forwards and space and they turn and kick it over the bar. That doesn't happen, you know, so they still have to kind of carry the ball really well. What they're both very good at doing is, you know, like like Niall Daly does it very well for Roscommon. They create really good overlaps. They, they, they make smart runs into space. And then what you have is your forwards that are coming around on the wrap. Um, and what they do is they, they tend to recycle the ball one time less because they have forwards with the confidence to kick it under that small bit of pressure, maybe off balance, maybe at a tight angle. That's kind of the difference, you know, because I think sometimes when we talk about, you know, a Galway and a Roscommon team with lots of really good forwards playing an open game, we have these notions of ball being kicked into forwards who are in oceans of space. And like, that's just going to be the case, you know, that they're two very well-drilled modern football teams Um I think there's very, very little in it. I think it'll be the closest to the, the, the provincial finals on the weekend. 
Okay, well, the um, last one is Kerry against Limerick, of course, in the Munster football final. Again, this seems very much a, a straightforward conclusion here. Um, Connor, it is a great achievement for Limerick, though, to have, you know, both teams obviously in the Munster finals. And especially considering the journey Billy Lee has been on to develop uh, the Limerick football team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like it doesn't like it doesn't seem like too long ago when they should have won a Munster title, you know, back when Mikey Ned, Mickey Ned was manager and John Galvin was playing in midfield and they had those brilliant games against Cork in particular. So, um, but it's hard, you know, like regardless of the size of your population, your playing population, it's difficult in the county when one sport, um, and in Limerick, you could obviously say rugby as well, dominates um, football. Like I'm sure that they're, <laughs> I'm sure that Billy Lee looks at that Limerick hurling team and sees the way some of those guys are built and just says, what would you do with those? No more than Maddie Kenny was looking at, you know, Conal Callan or Kieran Kilkenny or Dermot Connolly over the years thinking, what sort of a hurler could you turn them into? But, you know, Munster's a really interesting one because, um, you know, between Clare and Tipperary and, and Limerick in particular, you know, one of those teams generally tends to be slightly out in front. And like people forget that, um, was it two years ago when Tipperary were Munster champions that they were taken to extra time um, and there was a free miss laid on by one of the Limerick players and they would have stopped Tipperary before they even got to a Munster final that year. So they've been kind of building slowly towards this. Like they, they were promoted this year and they went up and lost the Division 3 final to Loud. So, um, you know, it, it's not something that's come out of the blue, but I suppose what will be interesting now when we see a bit more of them is... <laughs> You know, a team like Limerick, no more than Tipperary, they tend to make these little darts uh, and then they kind of almost revert the type. They kind of move back and um, back down to a level. So whether they can kind of, you know, cement that status as the, you know, if you want to say the third best team, like there's probably a spot going as the second best team in Munster football at the moment, given the situation with Cork. So, um, no, it's, it's a big one for them, but it couldn't be any more difficult than Kerry and Killarney for your, for your, um, provincial final because it's a long way for the provincial winners to go until they have another match um they've a long time to kill so there's no chance of jack o'connor or kerry or anybody else taking this game lightly and saying okay we just need to get through this because things are coming hot and heavy kerry are go all guns blazing into this weekend not least because of the competition that's there um among the squad because there is now you know i think that was one of the great things that jack did during the league was he used a small enough group of players but enough that everybody knew that they were in contention for summer. Um, so, uh, you know, I think they'll, 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 uh, they'll hit Limerick as hard and as early as they can on Saturday. And by the end of it, it probably won't be the prettiest scoreline, but I think there'll be something for, there for Limerick to build on regardless. Yeah, Will Limerick have learned from the way Cork played against Kerry, uh, you know, in those opening kind of 50 minutes um, in Porky Ring? Can they take anything from that? Yeah, I think so. Like, it was a good template, I thought. Um, but again, like, you're relying, like, ultimately, like, the templates and game plans and tactics are all well and good, but ultimately all sport comes down to execution. And, like, Cork played that game as though they thought they were going to see it through all the way to the end. And key to that was keeping Clifford off the ball. Key to that was making sure they didn't concede an early goal. Um, you know, key to that was winning one or two matchups up front and making sure that they kept the scoreboard ticking over themselves. So I think, like... It's a bizarre thing to say because Cork ended up losing by what was it? Was it twelve in the end? But like an awful lot had to go right for Cork even to be that close going into the last ten minutes. So um, 
like Limerick will have to do all of that and more and have to do it in Killarney. So yeah, it, it's definitely a good template, but um, if he could, like, if he can execute it to the same level, I don't know. Like, I'd be interested to see what, like, teams are so reluctant to kick the ball now um, into their full forward line because it's, you know, you're, it's a good chance of giving away possession, but um, like as much credit as being given to Jason Foley is at the moment, I'm not sure that 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 has been an area where he has been tested yet. Like he's having a really, really good season. Um, and and Ty Morley in front of him. Ty Morley, like he's reading the play so well. You'd have to go back to Keno Sullivan for somebody who almost looked like he was anticipating where the next pressure point was and getting there before it happened. Because I think key to playing that position really well is actually not having to do a whole pile, is to make sure that you're just kind of filling the gaps. But he's protecting Jason Foley really well. But I still think that, and I've no... You know, nothing to back it up to say that Jason Foley would be vulnerable to that kind of ball in. But I just don't think that anybody has properly tested Kerry in that way yet. Um, and that is an area that teams could go after. But, you know, like it, it's probably too much to suggest that Limerick are going to be in a position where, you know, a late goal is going to make any difference on Saturday. Philly, Kerry really needs this Munster final to go all out because if they win and we assume that they will, you know, it'll be a while before they have their All-Ireland. So they really do need this game as a contest. They do, but I'm not sure if they're going to get it. Is the issue? Um, I, I, I. If I was in the Kerry change room now, I'd be saying, um, not more so the management, not really the players, but I'd be saying, okay, well, who was their biggest rivals right now? Um, obviously, it's looking like Dublin. Um, considering how Ulster has gone, uh, until you see what happens in the in the in the back door in terms of the playoffs. But I would think um, they'd be looking at Dublin saying, right, they're a bit more, they're, they've been very consistent in the last two games. We need to be a bit, consi- we need to be more consistent in this game, considering they, they weren't really shooting the lights out in the first half against Cork. So obviously they pulled away towards the end of the game. So I would think that um, with that in their, their, their mindset as a, as a management team, I'd be saying, right, they need to be, they need to blow Limerick out of water to show that they're at um at that kind of level of of uh, consistency going into the the All Ireland series. So, uh, but Limerick, you know, they 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 they've nothing to lose. They've nothing to lose. I I can't really see them in terms of what are they going to do to try expose Kerry. I'm not sure what they're going to do to be honest. Um. I just don't. I just think there's a big gap in terms of the levels that they've both been playing at. So, Kerry for both of the, I'm assuming for the Munster final. Uh, what are your predictions for the other uh, provincial titles this weekend? I'm going to go uh, Dublin. I'm going to go Dublin by four. So I'm going to be exact. Dublin by four. So it's going to be tight, but they're going to be. There's going to be. They're going to pull away at some stage, and then Kildare will come back and close the gap down to four points. Um, that's really put me neck out on the line. I think um, Donegal is going to win, but just marginally. I think um, Ross Common are going to beat Galway. I'm going to go uh, for the underdog in that, in my eyes. And I obviously think then Kerry are going to beat Limerick convincingly. Connor? I, yeah, I'd agree with that other than... Um, I've, a, I've a, just a sneaky suspicion that... Um, I have a sneaky suspicion Derry might beat Donegal um, just because I think there's something fresh about Derry. And sometimes that's the hardest time to to be the team, or like from the team's point of view, that's the best time to strike before, t- like you know, in Ulster where it's very claustrophobic and everybody plays everybody every year, and you know they're all in Division One, Division Two. There are still an unknown quantity, which is something that you don't find in Ulster very often. So, yeah, I think there's something about them, and I think if they can get in for goals, um, 
they can frustrate Donegal enough that they can be ahead at the end. Still think Galway, we're going to edge it at the weekend. Um, there's something about Galway. They're, they're, they're a bit more robust than they were in previous years. And I think they're to be better able to handle what what was coming throughout them. And um, I think Dublin will be clear. And I'm not going to be as exact as Philly. I'll say more of the four points. <laughs> okay, Philly and Connor, thanks a million for that. Well, that's it for this week's throw in with Philly McMahon. Will and Michael will be here for Monday show to look back on those provincial finals. You can listen, rate, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back again next week. <laughs>